and I hear there's a little bit of conjecture about whether you like the beard or not. Well, for today, it stays. Let me pray for you as we begin our time together. Lord, we come before you and we just want to open our hearts and open our lives and open our spirits to you. May you make the difference in us that we cannot make by ourselves. Will you bring a refreshness to our souls, to our very being. May you fill us up to overflowing. May we meet you this morning through these words, through these images, through this music, through these prayers, we pray. Lord, meet us by your Holy Spirit, we ask. We ask in your wonderful name. Amen. This is Hins Dam on sunrise. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. It reminds me of holidays we used to take in Victoria. We used to travel out to Bonnie Doon. I don't know if you've heard of Bonnie Doon, the famed Bonnie Doon of the castle. And we used to drive out and as you reach Bonnie Doon, which is connected to Lake Eildon, you used to go over a big large bridge. And the first year we went, the water underneath the bridge just flowed deep and far. And we used to drive in and there was an excitement of we'd arrived. Uh, we used to spend the days water skiing with friends. And then the next year we would go out and as we would go over, the, the water had receded so it could still be seen from the bridge but it was quite shallow. And the following year as we went out, the water had receded right back. And over the years that we went, the water gradually receded further and further away to the point that it was at least a kilometre away from the bridge. And the anticipation of that we were on holidays and that we were there had, had receded, it had receded with the water, the hope had receded with the water. We travelled um, traveled out there and, and over the years the reservoir of water in Lake Eildon reduced and reduced and reduced and that was a significant issue because it was a, a large water source for many people. Now here is Hins Dam, water source to the Gold Coast on sunrise on this beautiful crisp morning. Currently the water levels are about 90%. If you look just here uh, this is a, a favourite photography spot of mine that I enjoy coming to. And this particular vantage point, I'll get back so you can enjoy the, the sun behind me. This particular vantage point uh, creates some wonderful images on sunrise. The sun's going to rise behind me and there's some beautiful star shots that can be taken here. But this is a full dam. It's the water source to the Gold Coast. It is vibrant. There are birds and there are fish. There, there's plenty of water here. Which raises the question for me, if you had to connect your life to one of those pictures, which would you connect it to? The, the, the spiritual analogy of, of it slowly receding and drawing back and creating a dryness and there not being a great pool, a great well, a great source to draw from when God calls us to do things? Or would you say your, your life feels far more like this beautiful and full and vibrant? That spiritual question is, is, is so important. It's so essential and so today I want to invite you to ponder these questions, to meet God with these questions, to start asking these questions of yourself as we, um, as we explore what it means to have a dry well, what it means to have a full well of the Holy Spirit in us.
every six weeks I meet with a lady called Sue. She's my supervisor, my professional supervisor. Sue's the cross between a social worker and a psychologist and a superhero. She's one of the wisest people I know and she asked me the question this week, which really um, challenged me, but it's a question for you too. And the question is this, how low is your well? Or how low is your source of water, your, your, your dam, your, your lake, your reservoir? How low is your well? See, we're living in a time where it's been depleted in a way that we haven't quite realized it's been depleted. It's gnawed away at our hopefulness. It's gnawed away at our security. It's gnawed away at all the things that we have, until this point, until this pandemic, thought have been um, just secure and, and not worthy of our concern. So how, how, how full is your well? If we cast our minds back to wells in the Old Testament especially, uh, we'll discover quite quickly a man called Abraham. Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation. He was a man who gave up his life to follow the call of God. And as he did this, as he gave up his life and followed the call of God, God led him into really strange and wonderful territory, places where he wouldn't have ever ventured by himself. And as he got there, he realized that he needed to dig some wells. You see, communities, as they're set up, require sources of water. And so across what is now the Holy Land and what is now Israel, Abraham dug wells. Those wells were well used by his um, people, by the family, and by the places that he, he moved to. But upon his death, something really interesting took place. Upon his death, the Philistine army, who were the ruling um, landowners at the time, they seized this as an opportunity to uh, crush this spirit that had come into their land. And as a result, they went to these wells that had been set up and they filled them all in. They, in a sense, they destroyed all of the wells. So you have Abraham building, the, building these wells as part of the Israel heritage. And then they are decimated, they are destroyed, they are taken away. Many years later, Abraham's son, Isaac, came into the land. He bargained with the Philistines who were owning the land to give him a portion of it. And then he farmed it. And he was so successful in his farming. God blessed him so richly and so deeply that the Philistines gave him more and more land to do the same as they would benefit their economy was benefiting as a result. Then we read this in Genesis 26. It says, Isaac, this is verse 18, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, <laughs> which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names as his father had. So, so think about this. Abraham, uh, Isaac is going to these wells that have been sources of life and hope and strength for the people. And they have been taken away by the enemy. And then Isaac is going back and restoring these sources of life and water. You see, in the Bible, a well wasn't just a means of, of, of drinking from. It was the very lifeblood of that people, of that nation. And so wells had this um, connection to what life was 
and how life would work. And so Isaac goes and visits the wells that have sustained his people for years and years and years. And he, he goes and, in a sense, redigs them. He uncovers them. He enables the people to thrive once again from these wells. Do you see our story in that? Like, wow. There's so much of where we are at that's a story that's already been told. You see, Isaac knew that you couldn't rely on an old dried up well. It's like you can't fake your history with God. You've got to make your history with God right now and rely on that. You can't just um, go, go on the uh, strength of faith of your parents or your community or your church or others. It has to be your faith. It has to be a living well from which you drink from. And so let me ask you the question. How dry is your well? How dry is your well? Have, have a... Have a ponder, have a pray, have a think. Isaac returned to those dry places he dug out the wells again what are the places that you need to return to that you need to go and revisit you need to go back to again where the source of the Holy Spirit where where God can be tapped back into where you can feel again the presence of God what do you need to to do where do you need to go just like Isaac last week I asked this similar question and some of you responded to our feedback loop and and in that um, here's some of the things that you shared one of the things I wanted to do was make these uh, videos a little bit more engaging so last week I encouraged you to join in the feedback loop and email me any thoughts you had about how you abide how you go well and there'll be some more challenge and opportunity for you to feedback this week but i'm just going to go through a few of them um and thank you for those of you that uh, that responded it's been really really good so I, I won't i won't name people just yet because um i i want this to get a bit more rhythm and I'm, i haven't sought out people's permission so anyway so somebody from village says um totally in nature always amazes me at what god has created especially in the clouds I always find I thank God when he makes some awesome patterns in the sky. I chat to the kids about God doing a painting for us in that way. I think I finally got a good morning routine. I need I read a devotion and a Bible passage in bed before I get up and then I go for a run. I find I pray and I praise him while I'm, I'm doing that when it's just me alone. And then, of course, I love hanging around with people, Christian people and people who aren't Christians. But I believe God is with me on all my catch-ups. So they'd be the ones I'm conscious of at the moment. 
It's pretty cool. Moving on. Someone else from Village says, I love listening to Christian music on Spotify. It opens up all kinds of music in addition to what we sing when we're all together. Podcasts. I'm following at the moment the spoken gospel. They're working through the Old Testament one book at a time, looking at how Jesus is revealed in all the scripture. They said, uh, when I wake up, I listen to the birds. So that engagement with nature again, mainly on the weekends, though, because um, uh, during the week, the alarm wakes me up this weekend. Uh, there are a few really quiet ones, which reminded me um, that I have to be quiet and focused to hear them. So using the cues of nature to to kind of position yourself uh, spiritually. Uh, the beach, walking by it, swimming in it, uh, diving through the waves, my absolute favourite place to be. Uh, the Bible online, reading plans together with others, reading on a regular basis. Uh, so that's really cool. Another one here, uh, Christian yoga. So that's a bit different, isn't it? Not many of you would have, would have put that, but Christian yoga might be a great opportunity for a third space, is their thinking there, which is really cool. Someone from Billy Hedge Nighting says, I often get inspired most days uh, by looking at our beautiful world. Just the closeness of that, seeing some wonderful pictures that have been taken um, around Burley and around Queensland and the, and the wider world. And then just pressing into God, allowing God to speak through the scripture and through conversations with others uh, in order that they may be uh, just held close and connected to God, even in the difficult times. And then last one for today, my most meaningful date night with God at the moment is being surrounded by nature, whether it be a morning walk, time in the garden, or sitting on top of a mountain. Creation definitively fills me with awe at the beauty and the intricacy of everything. Uh, this in turn calms my soul and reminds me of God's got any issues under control and that life is more his story than it is mine. So I hope some of those encourage you and I'd encourage you to, to respond. It'd be awesome to um to hear from a few more of you and some of your input to these videos. But I just I, I do that to showcase there is such a wide variety of ways uh, that you can encounter God. And if so if you if you're struggling to do that and if you're like I don't know what to do, well try out some of these examples that you've heard and I trust they will um they'll enrich you and allow God to meet you exactly where you're at. Alright, let's go back to the dam. Isn't that encouraging? A friend of mine, um, two friends of mine this last week have said to me um, they needed to find a mountains. They need to go up on the mountain. In fact, one said, um, when I go up on the mountain, there is no one there and I can sit, I can be close to God and I can hear the whispers of God. I write them down. I don't need to interpret them or understand them. I just write down the whispers. So be encouraged. Where is the well that you need to return to? Where, where is that? I'd encourage you to do two things. One, I want you to, to commit to where that is this week and to go there. Whether it's in a lake or a mountain or the beach or your backyard or your prayer chair or a friend or a certain resource or whatever it is. I want you to think now, where is your well and where will you go to?
hear what sort of things God spoke to you then and what, what you feel you should do. So if you want to email this email, email me and just title it Feedback Loop so it's easy for me to find at the end of the week when I'm putting these things together and just share with me. Where, where is that thing? Where is that place that you've had to return to? You see, back in biblical times, when they dug a well, it wasn't that they dug a really deep hole until they hit a water source. It was very, very different to that. But what would happen is they would go to a rock face, similar to the, the rock faces just here, not the concrete, but the, the rock faces, and they would have someone who was a sort of a water tracker, and he would sense that the, the rock was ripe with water, and then they would take a spear and they would jam the spear into the stone with the expectation that the stone would split open. And as it split open, a source of water would pour out. Is that reminiscent of anything to you of what Moses did when God commanded him to strike this rock? And, and so the water would spill out and it would form a pool and that would be a well from which people would gain sustenance and gain life. And that's what... What Isaac did, he went to those places, to those rocks that had been filled back in and he emptied them of all the junk. He pulled all that stuff out that the water, life-giving water might flow again. God wants to have a life-giving water flow into your life through his Holy Spirit. So where do you need to go in order for that to happen? So then what happens for Isaac is fascinating. He starts redigging these wells and the landowners of those particular wells came and said, no, 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 this is our land. You can't have it. And he went on to the next one and did it. And he went on to the next one and did it. And he had these series of disappointments where he had gone to these wells to redig it and reclaim the water. And then the Philistines who owned the land said, no, no, that's ours until we reach verse 22. Verse 22 says this, he moved on from there. He dug another well and no one quarreled over it. Jackpot. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in this land. Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in this land. Finding a well creates room in your life for God to do what God wants to do. Have you been feeling lately like there's not enough room in your life? Ah, And it's frustrating because you're not doing a great deal more. But where's all the room gone? Where's all the spiritual room gone well your room is found in the well in fact jesus is found in the well in fact the well that isaac dug that last well features four thousand years later as jesus is engaging with a samaritan woman so jesus on his way from one place to another stops to get some water from a well it was jacob's well which is the very well that we've been talking about four thousand years later the well was still still giving life, giving sustaining power to people. And as he's there, he meets a Samaritan woman and they start talking about life. And then they start talking about spiritual matters. And in the course of speaking about spiritual matters, Jesus says, there is, there is a thirst in you that can only be quenched by the Spirit of God. There is a thirst and a desire in you that only God can, can, can reach. And she says, what is this water? Give me this water. I need this water. You know, the human condition says that. It says, oh, I'm so thirsty. My soul is so thirsty. Give me this water. People, our friends, people in the community, our family, they want, they need this soul-giving water. They just haven't worked out yet that it's Jesus. But she does. She works out. It's Christ. And Christ meets her at the well and fills her 
and loves her and restores her and guides her and directs her. You see, it's important that we find the well because Jesus is ready at the well to fulfill us, to fill us, to care for us, to nurture us, to replenish us. Jesus is found at the well. Now here's the beauty of it. And this is why I'm here. When the reservoir is full, it spills over. This is the spillway. It's pretty, um, it's pretty empty at the moment, isn't it? Do you look at that and go, yeah, my similar maybe? Or do you go, no, 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 my, my spillway is just pouring forth. That is a wonderful thing. But maybe your spillway is like this. And you're frustrated or you're disappointed or you're despondent or you just don't know what to do. Or you've given up. And Jesus says, meet me at the well. So I asked you again, where is the well that you need to go to this week? How do you need to be with Jesus again this week? Where will you go and what will you do to allow Jesus to replenish in you the things that have been deplenished? things that have been taken away, things that have eroded and dried out over this season. And God says that first to us as individuals and then to us as a church. So might I encourage you this day, go to the well for Jesus is there waiting to fill you. Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for this glorious day. And it's glorious, not because of the day, but because of you and who you are to us and how you meet us. And so, Lord, bless us and minister to us, care for us, help us, strengthen us and fill us. Guide us to that well this week, that again our well might be filled and that you might keep continuing to fulfill it, to restore us, to replenish us. That we might spill over into this world, that our lives might be full of your spirit and that spirit would splash on others because of us. That we wouldn't have to work hard to do that. That it would be what happens as you fill us, Lord. And so fill us this week, Lord. Fill us now, we pray. We ask this in your wonderful and glorious name. Amen.